Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Yesterday we heard how the church was born in Jerusalem on that day when Peter stood up full of the Holy Spirit. We are, of course, working our way to the book of Acts, currently in chapter 2. And so all this happened. We said there must have been a strategy. It was God's strategy to fill his disciples with the Holy Spirit. Peter stood up and spoke. 3,000 joined them that day. And so the fellowship was born. A, a strongly Jewish fellowship in those days, Colin. It would have been very much um, not necessarily 100% Jewish, but pretty pretty nearly 100% Jewish. Uh, even though there were people from many different nations, they would have been there in the main for the Passover festival. So they would therefore have been Jewish. There would have been a few proselytes probably, a few Gentile believers who lived as Jews, uh, and there would have been some others, I'm sure. Uh, but in the early years of the church, generally, it was predominantly Jewish and was actually regarded by others as a sect of Judaism. So it was very Jewish in nature. Looking back now, you can see how vulnerable that group must have been because politically they were so sensitive as well. It was dangerous, wasn't it? Well, yes, but uh, it's not long before it's recorded that uh, they had such a reputation in the whole city that uh, it was considered that they were turning the world upside down. Uh, I mean, there may not have been that many of them at the beginning, but it wasn't long before they were a people of great influence in the city. But now the, the, um, uh, the first Christians, the apostles, as the leaders of those Christians, they now have to establish some kind of life corporate life. The church has been born, really, through the event of the coming of the Spirit. So now a kind of church life has to develop. Now, let me just make it very, very clear. That church life bore no resemblance to what we think of as church life today. And we're going to see that now. What they were concerned to do was not to start another religion. Jesus didn't come to start another religion. But they were people filled with the life and power of the Holy Spirit so that they could live the life of the kingdom and see that kingdom extended. So the emphasis would not have been on church but on kingdom. They were a kingdom people commissioned by Jesus to take the gospel out and to see the kingdom come and his will done on earth as it is in heaven. But... Suddenly, these men that had been so well taught by Jesus now had 3,000 new converts who knew next to nothing of the gospel. There were no pamphlets to give them, no gospel records to hand out, no Bibles to say, well, or no New Testament to say, well, now there you are, now go and read what Jesus did. Um, they had to bring them together to form some cohesive unity. Now, uh, I believe that 120 were filled with the Spirit because you would need 120 people to disciple 3,000. Um, because clearly the discipleship, the making of disciples, was done within groups, just like Jesus did it with a group. So those early Christians were doing it with a group. They weren't just sitting them down and preaching at them every day. And we'll, we'll see the evidence for that in a moment. Uh, 
Now, what it says in in um, chapter f- two, verse forty-two, is these three thousand plus, of course, the hundred and twenty that were first filled with the Spirit. They devoted themselves to four things: to the apostles' teaching. Now, that is, of course, to the gospel because that is what they were teaching: the gospel of the kingdom of God. Uh, why the apostles' teaching? Because these were the men whom Jesus had taken apart for three years to teach them the gospel, that they might then teach the gospel to others. And as even as we go further into Acts, as, as we shall see in later weeks, um, uh, all kinds of people began to preach, but they didn't always have the full revelation uh, that the apostles had. They, they weren't always teaching what was correct either. So the apostles were the reference right from the beginning as to what was right and what wasn't, what was the true, if you like, doctrine uh, of the gospel of the kingdom and, uh, and, and what was, um, let us say, misinformed, um, where people had just begun to preach but were perhaps ignorant of certain aspects of the gospel because they had never themselves been taught. So um, the apostles were teaching these people the word that Jesus had taught them, absolutely essential, vital. They just had a wonderful experience. But you can't live your Christian life just on wonderful experiences. The experiences, the encounters with God are significant. They're important. They need to happen. But what matters in the Christian life is that you are living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're living in the power of the Holy Spirit, you are going to live out the Word of God. You're going to live out the Scriptures because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth who guides us into all the truth. He takes the things, he takes the words of Jesus and declares them to us. So here, the apostles were teaching people the Word so that they could live the Word. And they were devoting themselves not only to learning, but to living the word of God. How do we know that? Well, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, the fellowship is sharing of life. And uh, these people were being so impacted by God that they came together every day, not once a week, but every day. They were learning what it meant to love one another, to share their lives. Um, Now, At the same time, they would have had their jobs. Some of them would have been slaves. Some would have been servants. Some would have been those with their own business. But they had their work to do. They had their livelihoods and their families to look after. But still, God had impacted them in such a way. um, Well, if they'd had television, they wouldn't have wanted to watch it. If they'd had radios, they wouldn't. And MP3s, they wouldn't have being concerned with all that. What they wanted was the word of God. What they wanted was to be taught the truth. What they wanted was the will and the purpose of God in their lives. Presumably for many of these Jews who became, who were baptized and became converts in this way, they would have been used to going to the temple. They would have known the word of God, what we would call the Old Testament now. How different was this to the Judaism that they knew? Well, it was radically different, you see, because um, the... The whole life of the temple and even of the local synagogue 
for those that came outside of Jerusalem, was built around external observance to the law. But now, you see, God had established the new covenant in which he promised that he would write his law on the hearts of the people and cause them to walk in his ways. So now they were not trying to obey religious rules, regulations, traditions. Uh, Jesus said, your traditions nullify the word of God. Well, now, because they were filled with the Spirit of God, they were hungry for the word of God. They wanted to be taught. And I've seen moves of God where people will come and they will listen for hour after hour after hour. There is such hunger. Unfortunately, there isn't that hunger, widespread hunger today, as there was, say, 20, 30 years ago. But I believe God will restore that hunger uh, to people. But these people were so hungry, they were prepared to come together, not just to be taught, but to share their lives. Why? Because the commandment that goes with the new covenant is you're to love one another as I have loved you. So they were learning how to love one another. They were learning how to lay down their lives for one another, to be concerned for others before you're concerned about yourself. So this is um, a, a, a new dynamic that is coming into their relationships. And we must remember that uh, the Jewish community was a very close-knit community. Um, family life and, and fellowship uh, was of a very much higher degree than we know in Western society. And yet, what these Christians were living transcended that. Now it wasn't just the unity within the family, but it was the unity within the family of God, that they were loving one another. They were having fellowship. Then they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. This, of course, is what Jesus instituted at the Last Supper. They were coming together, and they were doing this every day. You know, Jesus said, uh, do this whenever you, whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, and so they were sort of living in the constant um, awareness of the presence of God in them and among them, and God releasing his life um, through them as they broke bread together. And then fourthly, they devoted themselves to prayer. So here you see the first Christian community, the first Christian church. They came together with a hunger to be taught, with great love for one another, they came together to break bread and to rejoice in the Lord's presence in and among them. They came to devote themselves to prayer because right from the beginning they realized that they would not be able to fulfill their commission to take the gospel to the world unless they did so with the grace of God and under the power and anointing of his spirit. And that just as Jesus was the man of prayer who would go apart to be with his father so that he could be as effective as he was in his ministry to people. So right from the beginning, these Christians came together every day to be taught, every day, fellowship, every day. They were sharing in the breaking of bread, and every day they were praying. Not necessarily all 3,000 of them together, but in each other's homes, groups began to form, fellowship began to build, and of course, other people we're getting drawn into the kingdom of God as a result. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 